Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Enlightened Conversations. I'm Jeremy and today I'm joined by Ali Washington. How are you going? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, going awesome. Yeah, so it is a public holiday over, a public holiday over here, but I thought it would be a great chance to chat today because there's no customers or so much busy, busyness around, so a great day to relax and have a chat. And um, yeah, can you tell me a, a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am not very good at giving a bio, <laughs> but I, I would say I, I am I, the best way to sum up kind of what I do and what I kind of bring to the world is that I am a step here to support light workers in stepping into their, their work, into their light, into their being. And I use many, many, many different modalities. Um, some of them I have gleaned from other teachers. Some of them I have kind of developed just through experience and working with myself and working with other people over the years. And essentially I just kind of believe that everybody's a light worker and, uh, we just have some people who are kind of more aware of it than others. And yeah, I'm just here to kind of, basically all I want to do is, foster a world where people feel like it's safe to be themselves because when we're all being ourselves we're all kind of living our purpose and living our highest joy and living what we're here to experience and that's what creates harmony so yeah wow how perfect i think we're done <laughs> create a safe world where people can be themselves and experience joy oh perfect Um, the screen's yeah. just frozen a second on my end, so I'll just wait a couple of secs and see if you uh, come back there. Uh, can you still hear me okay? Yeah. All right, I can still great. hear you. Oh, yeah, you're, you're back now. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I think I've always been drawn to that light work and um, I guess the light work. Mm -hmm. uh, from about the age of 20, I started getting into you know, reading all my spiritual books and then traveling and then I'd always come across Reiki teachers and chronic healing and buy all these books that had all, had all that kind of work in there. And I guess somewhere along the lines, along the lines of becoming a light worker, we bump into the, the shadow work. And I guess that's where a lot of the, the deeper work can happen. Um, is that something you've come across as well? I guess, you know, I guess wanting to be that light and express that joy, but then some other stuff. So it kind of comes up there, doesn't it? Right. So my personal view on it is that the shadow is the light. It's just, the light that we've misunderstood. So I believe that, you know, kind of throughout history, um, especially in the healing realms and in the light worker realms, there's been this kind of dual dualistic thinking, right? Like the angel and the devil, the, uh, the light and the dark. And there's these parts of ourselves that are the saboteur or the whatever that we have to get rid of. And then there's these light parts of ourselves that we want to enhance and grow and make better and essentially what I have come to is that I do not believe that there is really a shadow part of us it is it is simply that we have aspects of ourselves that we have accepted and aspects of ourselves that we have rejected 
And when we reject aspects of ourselves, they express as shadow, right? So we're not actually ever going to get rid of any aspect of ourselves, nor are we even really going to heal anything. All we're ever going to do is integrate ourselves to have a deeper understanding of what these other aspects of ourselves are here to represent. And then we are going to express them as the light that they've always been, right? So shadow work, in my opinion, is incredibly important because it's essentially soul recovery. It's self-discovery. And if you, if you really take it from the perspective that I encourage people to take it from, which is that everything is God, right? So there's no aspect of you that isn't start with that idea everything is God and then work from there yeah exactly and we just want to understand right so we don't want to get rid of alcoholism we want to understand why you're doing that what is the aspect of you that feels like that is the only way to express right now what is being suppressed what is being misunderstood what part of you is not being um spoken or you know allowed to live and as we, as we kind of mind that, we're always going to find that like there is no bad part of you. There's no real aspect of you that is actually bad, right? It's just, it's just misunderstood. And then at the same time, kind of just to follow on that, is that when we get kind of on this self-improvement path, right? I always talk about the difference between the self-love path and the self-improvement path because the self-improvement path is essentially saying there's something wrong with me that needs to be fixed. And as soon as we get into that mindset, we are setting ourselves up to engage in self-sabotaging behavior, right? Because mm-hmm. if we think about it, like what is self-sabotage? Well, self-sabotage is I'm trying to destroy something within me, right? Whereas if we're on the self-love path, which says I just want to end myself, this is how we get out of self-sabotage. Because when you start to say, I just want to understand all these aspects of myself, I just want to integrate all these aspects of myself, I just want to be able to see them for what they truly are and express them, then there's no more instinct to destroy the self. So that's kind of my take on shadow work. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, a couple of things came to mind when you mentioned that. And the first word was integration. Seems like we just integrate the parts of us that we think are wrong and say, no, those things are okay. Those things have a purpose. And even if we can find a meaning there as well, and we would transcend that. And right. I kind of like the idea you use with alcoholism as well. Let's not kill alcoholism. Let's say, hey, alcoholism is perhaps serving a purpose. What can we learn yeah. from that? What, what can we understand from that? And then that yeah. might lead the path you know, away to something that is more um, joyful and, and life-affirming. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so I guess a little uh, personal question. Um, what's sure. something that you really love in life? Something that I guess really fills you with joy? Sure. Uh, conversations like this, probably, I, I, I feel like I could do this all day, every day for the rest of my life and be the most blissed out person ever. Um, so yeah, doing, doing things like this, like, obviously I'm going to say that the, the thing that brings me the most joy is connecting with someone and really learning about them and getting to know what's going on in their psychology. I really love, um, to get a little woo-woo on you, right? Like I I love to like feel into somebody and kind of do a little what's going on with you. What, what's your life look like so far? Like what, like that is, that's always going to be, I think my biggest passion is just people. I really love people. I love getting to know people. I love different perspectives. I love connecting. So that's definitely my number one thing that. Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it would be, 
um, helping others grow. Yeah. When I can see that it was something that was a difficult thing and it became a little bit easier. Exactly. Or that they transcended an idea and that new idea means that's not even a problem anymore. Oh, I really love that. So that's kind it. of that changing, changing of perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah, that expansion, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess we're not born to contract. Are we? we're born to expand and that's exactly to grow right. and, and to evolve. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that that is, that is essentially what is the greatest joy of the human experience is to, is to have that experience of expansion. And I think that this is why we have the experience of contraction, right? This is why we forget who we are. This is why we reject aspects of ourselves and truly live like that for a while because that contrast is so valuable right to just feel the difference between what it feels like attracting and what it feels like to be expanding to be living from a place of fear versus living from a place of love it's so valuable right and this is why i would say you know the suffering that we go through in our lives and that we see in the world at large is so divine it is so perfect and and we are in a fallen world on purpose because it is through that contrast that we, we can know what our bliss is because we've experienced the other thing, right? Like, just like what you were talking about, you know what it feels like to be contracted. You know what it feels like to talk to somebody who is contracted and then just to watch them grow and blossom and expand. It's like, oh man, that's the greatest thing ever. And you know that because you know the other thing, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, we kind of experience the... Yeah expansion without their first being the contracted um, state of mind um, that they're before. Yeah. yeah, something I came across a little while ago too was I guess that, that positivity trap such as wanting to always be healthy or always be happy in a relationship or always have a, a great job that always feels good. Um, yeah. So it was probably about three months ago now I actually gave up on love, like the romantic love. I thought, right. I'm sick of this, trying to find someone, going yeah. out there, being really open and vulnerable and just be like, no, knock down. People weren't right. accepting that. So I actually really had to let go of the idea of having a relationship based on romantic love and based on connection. Right. Um, and that, that was the hardest thing to do. I felt like I was breaking up with like a part of myself. Oh, for sure. And I thought, okay, what about if I thought about having relationships with a purpose instead of just trying to be happy and just trying to be connected all the time? Right. I thought, right, I'll build relationships that are based on health and mutual growth and, and wealth building and, and spiritual growth and these things. And I swear it was less than a month. I've met someone and am, am now in love with that person <laughs> after wow. like five, six years of wishing and hoping and fighting for it. And it was, right. it was that proper surrendering of just the positive yeah. and like they're properly letting it go that actually led to it. Absolutely. And, and that is the other thing, too, is that you, you let go of essentially what was a contracted idea, right? That I just want love for the sake of romance. And the thing is, yes. you, you let that go, and it actually opened you up to something so much greater, which is like a relationship that you can grow together, which ultimately is going to be so much more fulfilling for you, right? And so I think that that's another thing that we can we can say to people out there is that you know if there's something in your life that you're like i really want to manifest this and it's just not coming just not coming just not coming oftentimes it's because you're holding on to an idea that's actually way less than what you deserve right so and they it's may by have the fear of the opposite of that right so like i want this yeah. thing but i'm actually afraid if i don't get it i'm going to be less than and then they can't attract it 
Oh, there you go. You're back. Uh, you're back as well. Okay. So you yeah, were so there was, so yeah, there was that fear of, well, if I can't have this, then I'm not going to get the happiness I was after or the fear of, right. um, yeah, the loss of that thing. But by letting right. that go and going, right, I don't, or in a sense, I'm letting it go, surrendering, thinking, oh, I don't care about that. I'm going to kind of move on and then do that in a way that is also from a loving place. So at right. first it was angry, letting go of romantic yeah. love, right, stuff it. Yeah. <laughs> but then it became, okay, I've got to actually learn to love that as well and then, and then move yes. on from Exactly. And I think, of, and before I'd even met that person, then I started hanging out with more female friends. I went out with three different women within, again, like a month, which wouldn't yeah. happen. Would have been that would have been the number over a year. So yeah, I like, I like right. the idea that it, like it opened up, opened up more yeah. by letting go of that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. of what was essentially our small little idea to open up to what could be much greater, much bigger, much more fulfilling. And I think that's another thing to, to just know that like when we're letting go of stuff, usually what we're doing is we're opening ourselves up to something much greater. We're not letting go, right? We're, we're creating space for the, the grander thing that we just didn't even know we wanted. Or we didn't even know was there, didn't even know was available, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yeah. I've been a huge believer for a long time that we are, you know, we are creating the lives that we want you know, on purpose, it's not, a, it's not an accidental thing whether we think it is or not. Yeah. Um, so I guess for yourself, what's been a way that you, or how do you go about creating what you want or creating that space in your life for what you want? Right. So my personal practices are um, maybe a little extreme in, in the context of everyday life, but I, I would say that I am like a self-introspection like addict or junkie right and so i have spent pretty much my entire life contemplating the meaning of things and the meaning of myself and personal growth and personal development and and all of these kind of spirituality what is really happening here and so i've done a lot of uh, like i've spent a lot of time working on my shadow aspects and 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 learning to love these parts of myself that were so in pain and so not in alignment and 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 in fear and in contraction and through that process right comes inspired ideas okay and so this is i say i would say this is like kind of the message that i want to share is that all of us i believe know what the next step for us on our path is it's just that we need to understand that when we're really truly living a life in alignment with ourselves, the, at the beginning phases especially is, is going to be that your intuition, your guide, your internal guidance or whatever tells you to take these steps and you're going to be like, hell no, right? I can't do that. That's that, like, these are coming up against my biggest fears. These are coming up against my biggest, deepest insecurities. And so what I would say is, the most important thing that I've done to create a life for myself that is beautiful and that is continuing to become more and more beautiful and expansive is to look at those, those internal guidances, know that when it's really scary and out of my comfort zone and like, Ooh, that feels really joyful, but also like, Holy shit, I don't know if that's going to work. I do it anyways. I feel the fear and do it anyways. Like that's been kind of 
I would say the one thing that's kind of separated me from anyone that I know that kind of lives a, a life that doesn't really go anywhere or doesn't really change or doesn't really whatever. I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not afraid to look stupid. I'm not afraid to um, fall on my face. So like for instance, when I kind of very first started getting into this, um, we were living in a city in Canada. Uh, we had never really traveled before, never really done anything like that. And I, the, the very beginning of the story is I actually, so I had all these qualifications, right? Like I was a Reiki master, I was a holistic nutritionist, I was a yoga teacher, like I had all these qualifications. And I was working essentially secretary jobs, right? Like I was, and I knew that I really wasn't reaching my potential. And I stood in the yoga studio with my friend one day and she said, okay, Allie, this is a sacred space, right? So we were in the yoga studio and, and she was like, you know, say out loud as though you have what you want already. And so I said, okay, I am working online. I am living my purpose and my passion by helping people with all these skills that I have. I'm helping them grow. I'm helping them change. I'm helping them step into who they are. And I'm completely remote. I don't have, I'm location independent so that I can travel wherever I want to travel and, and I can still keep working. Like I don't have to take time off work to travel. I can work and travel at the same time. And I said that out loud, like it was a thing. And this was essentially completely a ridiculous thing for me at the time. I, I am not good with computers. I had no technical experience with working online at all. And like, or even any idea how to do that at the time. I hadn't ever really fully worked as a nutritionist or really fully worked as any of these things. Like, so I didn't really have like a resume. And, but I was just like, that's the thing. And then what came next was I got this inkling. Well, I got, yeah, so I got this very, very strong drive to submit some blogs to this website that was just starting up about health. And I submitted some blogs. So like that, that was like the first step. And it's like, a, so a little scary, right? Like I'm going to put myself out there as an expert, even though maybe I'm not totally qualified, but I, I felt like I knew what I was talking about. So I put myself out there and I, and I, and I sent some blogs. And that led to me helping this lady with her program that she was developing. I started helping her make meal plans. So it was all remote. I was still working my job, but I was working with her online. And then it turned into me taking over some of her customer service. And then it turned into community support. And then it turned into my job. And then all of a sudden, um, like literally like eight months later, we were moving to Thailand. And so it was really just about like taking those little steps that were totally scary, but knowing that it's like, if you have any inclination of what feels exciting to do it, even though it's scary, exciting and scary together. Yeah. Exactly. And knowing that when you're really on the right path, it's going to be scary and it's going to bring up your deepest insecurities and it's going to bring up all of these shadowed aspects of yourself because it's these shadowed aspects that you need to kind of integrate that enable you to do the thing that you're here to do. Because it's all these shadowed aspects that are holding on to all that basically have all these skills and all these talents and all these powers that we're not expressing. Right. So it's like, we need to get into the shadow. And, and, and I feel like that's how life gets us to do it. 
by dangling something super exciting in front of our face and being like, if you face your fear, you're going to get this, right? <laughs> and think and that's, that's the carrot, yeah. Exactly. So like that's kind of, so that would be basically what I would say is that I have taken just all the risks. I've, I've sold everything that I own and moved to Thailand and then we moved to Montreal and then we moved to the United States and then we moved to Mexico and then we moved to Peru, you know, like we've, we've been doing all of this stuff um, and never really knowing if it was going to work or not. Like there's, it was always um, a chance that it was going to fall flat, even starting my YouTube channel or starting my blog, right? It's just, you're putting yourself out there and you don't really know if it's going to work. You don't really know, but you have to do it anyways. So that's kind of what I would say. Oh, that, that's a huge one, isn't it? Yeah, we can't know all the steps and sometimes we overthink something to death rather than exactly. going, okay, I've got enough and yeah. I will figure out the rest on the way. And that's It'd be like if we tried to plan an entire life, like right exactly. now, next this 20 minutes, let, let's do the rest of our life, right? Yeah. Mm, exactly. No, because <laughs> exactly. then there's going to be all the things we can't do and there's going to be things in the moment that are going to be even more beautiful than we would have planned for. Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's, there's that specialness that happens there too if we yeah, are flexible and be okay with the outside of the comfort zone. Yes, exactly. And I think the other point that I would make here is, so my dream was to be fully remote, right? Um, my partner to be fully remote, us to be able to travel and live wherever we want while keeping our jobs. It took us like five years to go from that yoga studio to being totally, completely independent that way. It took like five years. And the thing is, if I had known what the journey was going to look like to get from that yoga studio to where we are now, I would never have done it. I would have been like, no way. That's too crazy. Oh, like, really? Too, wow. Yes. Too many, like too many things, too many crazy moments, too many things I did. Right. Like if I had known what the whole journey was going to be, I think I would have said no, because it would have been too overwhelming. But, but the fact that it was just, like, you know, being kind of on a, a need to know basis with the universe is what I basically say it as. Ah, right? yes. You weren't just, ready for the extra interface of the universe. It's going, no, we'll just keep you going. Yeah, we'll just give exactly. you enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We'll give you just enough, just the next step, because that's doable. It's scary, but it's doable, right? But the whole picture, I would have been like, no way. We're not, well, I can't do it. Like, I'm not that person, right? And the thing was, at the beginning, I wasn't that person who could do the things that I could do four years later. So, so that's why I say to people like, of course you will. you're not going to know the whole path because if you did, you probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> well, I kind of have a little bit of an opposite view in that. I think if I was to live a, a bit of a smaller life, life and play it safe, it's yeah. hard, as hard or even harder than actually playing a big life. Oh, for sure. Because I am living, I guess, in alignment with me. And yeah. uh, have, then you, and by doing that, you end up having the tools to overcome fears. And more well, people tend to join us on the journey as well. Like, there's no yeah. way we do this thing on our own. So I guess for that would be sure. something I'd like to share with um, the people listening at the moment as well is that when you do put yourself out there, that's when you get the support. You don't get it before you take the steps. You take those yeah. first two, three steps, and then people come in and, and offer that's that support. That's absolutely true but they won't come in at the start if you're just dabbling one toe in the water. They're not going to teach you to swim if you've got one toe in the water. So That's really right. like put, so put yourself out there, commit, and then the yeah. support comes. That's something I've noticed too. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's funny that you use that analogy because my, one of the stories that my mom always tells about our childhood, me and my sister, is that when we would go to like the beach or the pool, she said that Sam would always like dip her toe in, dip her hand in, just like test the waters or whatever. And I would just charge in, like just run into the water. Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm like in there. And I feel like that's kind of how I live life. It's just like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. And, and I think that that is part of what has kind of led to me having such a magical life is that I just commit, right? Like if I'm going to fall on my face, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. If I'm going to do anything, it's going to be a hundred percent. And, and that has led to a lot of my success, I think is just committing. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I take that from a little bit of a mathematical perspective. So I go, mm, everything I've done in life, half of it's worked and about half of it hasn't. So yeah. I might as well just keep going for the great stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd love to chat a little bit more, I guess, about, about love and how it does and needs to include everything to, to be a, a whole thing, like okay. the including of, say, negative thoughts and or supposedly negative thoughts and supposedly negative people and things we might yeah. judge or think that are, are wrong about us. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe seeing those things as messages. Mm-hmm. If we do get a, a person that comes into our life, for example, who seems to be challenging us in some way, um, I guess, do you feel there are ways that people can turn that around? Like what do we do with a challenger or someone who comes in and, and delivers that conflict for us? Right. Okay. So my number one key or my number one kind of practice that I like to give people is to make your mantra, how is this blessing me? 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 And I would say that like this was kind of my first huge turning point in my life because we need to understand that when we believe that good things and bad things can happen, that there are like good and bad things, good and bad people, da-da-da-da-da, what we are doing is we are putting ourselves into a victim mentality. That is like, that is what's happening. We are contracting ourselves. We are, we are making it so that we cannot understand our experience because when we are in a victim state, when we are in a contracted state, when we are in a fear state, when we are in a judgment state, which are all the same thing, right? We can't understand what's happening. We can't take in more information. This so is to what judge is to limit and is to create fear. Yeah. Because we're, we're examining and not, not being with it. Yes. So, and, and if, we, if we look at what is love, my definition of love is the acceptance of information. It's, so when we talk about raising your frequency, right? We, we understand that frequency is simply the rate of speed at which the, the makeup of you is moving, right? So frequency, right? We know low frequency equals low rate of speed. High frequency, high vibration, equals a higher rate of speed, right? More movement, more action. Um, And when we look at this idea of essentially like what kind of what we said at the beginning of this interview is what is it that makes humans feel the most joyful? And it is expansion, right? It's, it's growing. And so what does that mean on a set of biological, even quantum physics level? It means there's more information being added, right? There's more 
frequency, more energy that creates the capacity for more structure, more order, and more complexity, right? So we are raising our energy levels. We are raising the amount of information that we are receiving from our universe. And accepting, that yes. Is, and accepting, right? Because this is the thing. That is what free will is. Free will is the choice to accept what is and to learn and grow and expand from it or to reject it and stay contracted. Those are our, that is basically what our free will is, right? The choices that we make are always a reflection of one of these two things. And what it is we have control over is are we going to expand and allow ourselves to be in a state of joy because ultimately what is not the it's not the circumstances, it's not even necessarily that you're following your right path or doing a specific thing. It's if you are allowing yourself to expand inside of your experiences, you will feel joy. And if you are contracting inside of your experiences, you will not feel joy. And so if we understand that, that love is simply a state of saying, I am going to expand inside of this rather than contract. And that's what's going to make me feel good. We start to understand that it's like, it's not about getting rid of the negative person. That's because the negative person isn't what is making me feel bad. It's the idea that this negative person is inspiring me to contract. Right? So someone can start right now. They can yeah. say, how is this person giving me a blessing right now? Exactly. No matter, how, no matter how difficult that might be. Exactly. And what that does is that opens you up to a different perspective that says, okay, I'm going to relax. So my second tip is if, if how is this blessing me feels a little bit too much, because I understand that like we can be in situations where it's like our, a loved one is dying of a, of a terminal disease. You're not going to, there are a lot of people who aren't going to be able to say, hmm, how is this blessing? Like, they're just not going to be at that place right now. And I think if, if that kind of uh, idea is a little too much right now, the most beginner basic thing that I would say is in every moment that you can, relax your body and relax your breath. If you can just relax physically, right? You are sending a message to all of your nervous and all of the, the wiring in your, in your biology that says we're safe. And when we feel like we're safe, right? That's when we grow, right? But when we feel like we're under attack and we feel like I say, like when we're in that victim mentality, like life is attacking me, something bad is happening to me, we're contracted and we want to defend ourselves, right? And then that's when we can't grow. That's when we can't evolve. That's when we can't take in the information that the, the circumstance is trying to give us, right? So if you can just get into the practice of relaxing your breath and relaxing your body, you start to send a message to your system that you're not under attack, right? And it, you essentially re reverse engineer the stress response. And that's how you can start to be in your life and start to see it a little bit differently. And then you might move into how is this blessing me being a little bit easier. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I've got something yeah. that I use with, with myself. Um, I think I've used it for the last seven years or so and also use it with clients now as well, which is like breath, good quality water, good quality food, body movement, yeah. being still, like just yeah. as those main five things. I've never met anyone who needed anything more than those. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. But then also adding in the way we use our self-talk and like finding meaning in things, finding that gratitude or that blessing. And then, yeah, doing what we love yeah. every day, pushing that comfort zone, yeah. going, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Mm, a bit scared. No, yeah. probably just do it anyway. Yeah. But yeah, yeah exactly. finding that, finding that, or rather, um, yeah, I guess doing the work to get there. Yeah, exactly. And understanding that it's really not even the thing that's going to make you happy or not. It's the fact that you expanded, right? It's, it's, that's why we say that the, the destination is not the thing. It's the journey itself that is actually giving you everything that you want. Because it's the journey towards what you want, which you are expanding. And that's where all the gold is, right? When you get to the end, you've expanded. And then your reality is matching that frequency that you carry now. But the, the magic of it happened all the way through, right? When you were expanding, that was the point, right? Rem- so like remi- said, reminds me of what my meditation used to, you know, my meditation teacher used to say. And it's not yeah. about achieving enlightenment right now, but it's what happens along the way. It's exactly. arriving at meditation while you're there, after meditation. Sometimes it wouldn't be an amazing exactly. experience, but it was that daily practice, just doing the journey. Yes, Exactly. And then starting to get to the point where you see that all of it is an amazing experience. That's a pretty cool place to be. Right, (laughs) right. When you can go, wow, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Yeah. Just like you, I think that when we really start to take this practice seriously, you get to a place where you're just like, I'm sitting and breathing and that's like pretty amazing. (laughs) Right? Like what a phenomenal thing to be experiencing and rare and, and, and precious. And I'm the only one that's ever going to experience this moment this way. Like no matter how mundane or how spectacular it is, the bottom line is you are the only one who's ever going to experience this moment this way forever and ever for and ever and ever and ever. And like, how how much more do you need than that? You know what I mean? That every moment can be essentially a magical moment when we're awake to the fact that it is. <laughs> right? Wow, I'd love for that. I'd love for that last minute you just gave to be like the video that's out there for this is what's possible as like yeah. a freedom mindset and a joy mindset. So it's beautiful to watch. To, yeah. to hear you say that. Yeah. Because it is it is true, and that's why I say, like, you know, this path and find your purpose and all those, that's all wonderful and beautiful and absolutely do that. And, and 100%, that is important. But I'm just going to say that I think what you'll discover along the way is that it's not even doing the thing. It's not really even fulfilling the purpose. It's when you get to a place where you're expanded enough that you see this life for what it is. Like, that's really what you're doing here, Right. And, and the purpose and the, and the things you love and the bliss and the doing the stuff that again, these are the carrots that keep us going. Right. For that thing of like, wow, I'm in life <laughs> and life is happening. I'm experiencing it. And it, I'm the only one ever that's going to be this. Right. So, yeah. It did drop out for a couple of seconds, but I think I got, got most of what you said there. Yeah. yeah. I think it was back in about 
about 10 years ago, I was reading a little book on the subconscious mind and I came across the idea that all of my beliefs were made up and mm -hmm. many of them were limiting. And I thought, right. hang on a minute. So if a lot of my beliefs in five years' time, I'm not even going to have them anymore and I was holding on to that or almost all the beliefs I've got are going to be outdated in five years' time, what was I doing with all these beliefs? And I thought, yeah. mm, okay, well, I'm not going to worry about whether they're true or not. That didn't seem really relevant at the time. I worried about are these beliefs empowering me or not empowering me or allowing me to expand or to not expand and using that as the yeah. measure for what beliefs I would actually pay attention to in my own mind. And it was almost like I stripped back all of what was going on around the age 22, 23 and just thought, I'm just going to let all that go and rebuild from the start. I am limitless. I can do whatever I want. The yeah. people in the world are all beautiful and help me to fulfill what's important to me. And this, this yeah. world is about love and decided around that time that you know, serving love was the highest thing I could think. So that would be the highest thought I, I could think. Um, serving right. others and serving love is the highest action I can think. So that's the, right. the actions I do each day. And I guess turning right. to that highest place rather than the lowest place. Um, we've also got a couple of beliefs that maybe aren't so great on the lower end, um, but we've got a lot of high ones too and think, well, which one are we going to believe? What we believe is true, maybe falsely, or believing which one is going to help us expand and, and to live, live that beautiful life. Right, exactly. And I, I know you do a few posts and your teachings are around beliefs there as well. Um, what, what's been your experience with, mm -hmm. I guess, yourself or others noticing how those beliefs shape people's lives? Right. So um, this is where I think we get into law of attraction stuff, right? Is basically what the law of attraction is doing is it's reflecting back to you simultaneously the ultimate reality, what is truly existing, and what you are believing about the reality, right? So a lot of the time, this is why we get stuck in our beliefs, because the reality is acting as a mirror. Right? So if you believe that you are terrible and you're never going to find love, the thing is that the reality is going to continue to reflect that back to you as a way of saying, okay, every time you experience something inside this belief of I'm never going to have love, it feels awful. Right? So you have an experience, you go out and you, and you feel like the person on or whatever isn't interested in you. And you're like, see, I'm a piece of shit. No one's ever going to love me, blah, 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 blah. And it feels terrible right? And then you say, but look, see now the reality reflected it back to me. It must be true, right? Because it happened, it's true. And I feel terrible about it. So therefore it's double true, right? And so now if we can start to say, no, what's really happening there is the reality is simply reflecting back to you. You believe you're terrible. So the way that you walked into this experience right? And the way that you carried yourself and everything that you brought to this, you already tainted essentially your interaction with that person because of your belief about yourself, right? And then the reality just like reflected it back to you. So rather than looking at our lives and saying, what I am seeing is the truth, we start to say, no, what I am seeing is my belief. So if it feels terrible, question it, right? So if this thing happens and the way that you are interpreting it feels terrible inside of your heart, feels terrible inside of your body, that's your signal that, okay, that's a false belief. And now- That's a super empowering way to go about it. Um, yeah. I'm seeing my belief right now. I'm not seeing yeah. the truth. Exactly. That's, that's huge. And especially yeah. if it feels terrible, 
if it feels terrible, that is your cue, right? And most of us, and I, and I say, um, I feel this is the biggest human foible that is ever a human foible, <laughs> is that we believe that when something feels terrible, it must be true, right? Like when we get our hearts broken and we think, oh, I'm just like a shitty person, and that feels so horrible to think, no one's ever gonna love me, there's something wrong with me, and that feels terrible, we think because that feeling is so intense, we're like, well, it must be true, right? When the, when the ultimate reality is anything that feels terrible inside your body, that is an alert, that's an alarm bell that you've gone out of alignment with the truth. And so we want to move in a way where we move from negative beliefs to positive beliefs, and then we use our positive beliefs as stepping stones to get to a place where we don't have any beliefs at all. Because here's the thing, we don't want belief. We really just want pure reality, right? And can we in our individual perceptions ever get to pure reality? That is something that I think is totally up for debate and I'm not gonna necessarily say one way or the other here. However, I believe that we want to move towards getting closer and closer and closer and closer to pure reality without our projection of judgment onto it, right? Because so uh, positive belief, negative belief, these two things are, are stepping stones. They're things that we use to move in a direction. But what we ultimately want is just to experience reality, to just have an experience without mm -hmm. beliefs clouding it at all, right? And then we can discover that, you know, this is what we're talking about when everyone talks about the truth of the capital T is that it can be experienced. You just have to let go of belief. So it's like, I would even say like, I don't believe that people are good or bad. I observe that people are people. And I can from this place observe that like, you know, if I take the perspective of everything is God and everyone is God, the reality does reflect that back to me, right? And so, and then we can, like I say, we, we want to kind of move in this direction of, can I not have a belief? Can I just be open to the experience and experience the reality for what it is? Yeah, there's right? something I've been practicing for a number of years, not, not all the time, but yeah. that idea of observing what's actually going on. So I might right. say, I might say, oh, you seem to be a really happy, bubbly person. That probably that is a judgment. But I could right. also say, oh, you smile. That would be an observation of reality. If right. your mouth moves in a certain way, that would be a smile. But saying someone is a good or a bad person or that event is good or bad, that, that would be the judgment. So right. like really observing the fact, yep, right. I got laid off from that job, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything more than that. It doesn't exactly. mean I'm yeah, terrible at that job or I'm never going to find another job again. Look at the actual right. facts. Exactly. Um, I mean, I meet so many people who are like, oh, I'm too young for that job. And then I might mm. talk to an, uh, an elderly pe or an older person. They say, oh, I'm too old for that job. For job. Yeah. Both have the, the false belief that they're no good for that job. One has more experience yeah. in life. One might be more enthusiastic. And I guess really just to observe the fact and, and get, get more data, find more information. Imagine like someone coming up with such a huge belief about life on basically no data. Um, so, yeah, right. so it can be a tough one to, to train ourselves out of. I know your work is with um, perception training and getting people yes. out of those and into some, some good perceptions. But like yeah. really focusing on the data, like the actual facts of what's going on, not just 
one wild emotion from one little bit of data. That would be wildly crazy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that this is another thing that I use. Another tool that I use is what am I making this mean? Cause I think a yes. lot of people don't even realize that we have individual perspectives that make things mean things that other people don't make them mean. Like that was one of my biggest kind of epiphany moments was um, having an experience alongside my partner and we're both going through the same thing. And in my view, it was like this magical, all of these things, you know, led to this and this and this and like, holy smokes, I can't believe that all unfolded like that. And in his view, it was like, that was a terrible day. I can't believe all that shit happened. And I was like, what? right? Like we just had the exact same experience, but my perception of it was so different than his. And that's why I realized, I'm like, they're all making things mean a whole bunch of stuff that they don't actually mean, that they don't necessarily have to mean. And that that's what's controlling our experience most of the time. It, we're not actually just having a pure experience of our reality. We're making it mean a whole bunch of shit about ourselves and about the world that may or may not feel good, but we believe it because it's just in our, you know, perception that we're doing that. And we don't realize that we have a perception. So that's just starting with what am I making this mean is like, Oh, I'm making things a revelation in and of itself. I just had a thought too that I wonder if you had gone by yourself, whether you might have played some of the neg negative aspects on that day as opposed to going with someone or if he went by himself, whether he would have taken a more of a positive experience and whether you're kind of playing both sides there in the moment, you come right. together later in a relationship and form, a, I guess, an enlightened perspective around what actually happened. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. That was amazing. But you're like, hey, we lost our shoes and I lost, lost 100 bucks yeah. and I hurt my foot. Um, but yeah, yeah exactly. that was great. <laughs> But we yeah, might deny like, yeah. some of the, the downsides of what happened, but we maybe get attached to all the good sides. Um, right, I'm very exactly. much aware of that in my um, present relationship, which is still fairly new. All the infatuations I've got and all the things I'd love to keep to not get yeah. attached to those, to go, right. I love that, but you don't got to keep doing that. <laughs> I'll still be right. grateful with, with whatever turns. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. I had that experience out, out with friends as well. I might suddenly get into a bit of a, a bad mood or there might be something that didn't go quite to plan and just go, right, what's great about this? How can this be a blessing right now? And within a few right. seconds or minutes, I'm down barefoot in the, in the sand, down the beach, chatting to people, having a magical experience. Yeah. If I just got stuck in the emotion, which is always a false perspective, and actually started to ask, how is this a blessing? We can get out of it so much quicker. So true. And, and really, at the end of the day, is there ever a good reason to not be having a good time? And to ask, what's the blessing? Right. I've got a friend, I ask him every time we chat, have you got a gratitude ritual started yet? No, yeah. I've been feeling too depressed. Right. That's not what he actually says, but that's kind of the, the energy. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, so long as you're not doing your gratitude, you will feel depressed. Right. It's like it's waiting. It's like saying, I'm not going to take my medicine until the cold goes away. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not going to start being grateful until my depression goes away. That's but right. The depression and like, is a signal to do the gratitude. Exactly. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it looks like we've got a couple of minutes left. I'd, I'd love for you to share, um, Ali, where people can find you, either on Facebook or 
via a website? How can people get in touch with you if they want to chat, connect, or, or do some work with you? Sure. So um, I'm all over the place. Uh, you can find me on my website, uh, theperceptiontrainers.com. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Perception Trainers. You can find me on Instagram, Ali underscore Perception Trainers. You can find me on Facebook at the Perception Trainers. Um, I think that's it. And so basically, if you just look up the Perception Trainers, you'll probably find me. Um, and yeah, I have a book that I've written, The Perception Diet, um, which is seven tools to help you kind of reshape your relationship with your body and with food. Um, and I'm actually going to do another version of it where I talk more generally about these things in our lives. Cause I, like we all have stuff, right? Like our negative relationship with relationships, our negative relationships with our job or negative relationship with money. And these tools that are in the book can pretty much apply to everything. So I'm going to probably rewrite it from a more expanded perspective. Um, and then coming up, I am going to be releasing a 33 day program. So for anyone that wants to kind of like get started with this stuff, with uh, learning to love their body, learning to tune in, learning to tap into the wisdom of their body, learning these kind of tools, but feeling like it's like really far out there and they, they don't know how to get started. That's what the program is going to be. So within the next couple of weeks, I want to have that out and you'll be able to find it on my website. So that's that. Wow, fantastic. Um, yeah, it was absolutely awesome chatting with you. I know I'm going to go back and listen to some of this to, to get some of those nuggets. Um, yeah, that was um, absolutely awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so great. I loved chatting with you and I loved your insights. It was so, so great. All right, um, thanks again. 